Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mother Folklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words and words from Ireland. All about Jekka Dubius, Adam Dove, Falcher, Galana, Africa, Gavilis Ochtag, and Shaw in Estach, Farm Lee, Pork and Inishka, Balia Akhlia. So, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very, very excited to be here. This is the first time the Mother Folklore podcast is recording live here in Africa Day, Phoenix Park. And I am joined by a very, very special guest, RT News Today presenter, Zainab Baladale. How are you, Zainab? I'm good, thank you. I'm very excited. Woo! So, Zainab, it's so nice to actually finally meet you because, like, we follow each other on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I remember the first time we connected online was when um, there were some trolls online saying, like, oh, when news broke out about Zainab, like, becoming the first RT Afro-Irish OIT presenter, like people online, trolls online were saying really mean things, like saying she's not Irish and stuff. And I was just like, I just went on Twitter and I was like, she is Irish. Okay, that is final. So yeah, it's so nice to finally meet you. So first of all, I'd like to chat to you about like how the Irish language came into your life. Like how, what was your experience with Irish language? So what had happened was um, through primary school, I always kind of enjoyed languages. I really, really enjoyed them um, so much so that my primary school teacher had mentioned to my mom, it was like sixth class. Um, he had said, you know, she's a girl that would actually really benefit from Irish because she picks up languages very quickly. And at mm-hmm. the time I was like, no, no, I don't want to go to an Irish speaking school because <laughs> I want to be with my friends. Um, my mom was like, just give it a go. If you don't enjoy it, that's fine. We can mm-hmm. always move schools. That's no problem. Um, but so... By secondary school, I went to an Irish-speaking secondary school. Vishay Onwa, oh, there was a bit of a problem in first year because I found it difficult to catch up. Um, I found it difficult to take exams through Irish. I was okay with spoken Irish and I was okay with understanding Irish, but when it came to written Irish, even now, my written Irish is terrible. Um, so that was where the struggle came in. Mm. Um, but come third year, you know, I, that was fine. I did my junior cert in Irish. That wasn't, it was, it, it caused a little bit of a barrier, but it was fine. It was still yeah. doable. There was no problem. But um, I did leave the Gwilkoloshtha uh, towards leaving cert because I realized I wanted to do journalism through English in college. So I was like, yeah. I need to get good grades in English. And the irony then was that as my Irish was improving, my English was <laughs> not good at all. My really? written English, it was crazy. Wow. Um, as my written Irish was getting better, my written English was not that great. So I was like, well, 
I want to do journalism in the future, so yeah. that needs to change. So mm -hmm. I did leave the girl clash at that point. But I think it was absolutely beneficial because now I really do enjoy speaking Irish. I enjoy doing stories yeah. occasionally in Irish. Um, I enjoy having the fluency to be able to understand it and to be able to occasionally speak it. Um, it's been a while since I've used my Irish fluently because I don't speak to many people through yeah. Irish. Um, but I can still kind of hold a decent conversation through it. But when it comes to writing things down, I'm like, I am not the girl for you. <laughs> Absolutely not. I but feel that sometimes too as well. Like Irish grammar can be quite hard sometimes, but I feel like if you just, it's just about trying, I think. Yeah. Like if you just, yeah, like absolutely. often when I tweet online in Irish, I'm just like, oh, it's my grammar. Yeah. Okay. I overthink like, any tweet yeah, in Irish. Literally. I overthink. Yeah. I'm like, does the fucker go there or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think online it's different because like everyone's more relaxed as yeah. well when it comes yeah. to the Irish language. But like, are people often surprised that you speak Irish? I think the people who know about me aren't as surprised, but the people who maybe I'm talking to them while I'm in a report. So quite often, occasionally we'd go to reports to Irish speakers schools and um, if I say like maybe a couple of lines in Irish the teacher would be like oh she actually speaks Irish as well or if I um, interview the kids through Irish they're usually mm -hmm. shocked at first and then mm -hmm. they're eased by it um, I think very often people who like just meet me casually and um, and I reply to them in Irish they're like oh wow I was in Dingle <laughs> I was in Dingle in December and um, it was I was in a pub and the it was an Irish speaking pub, essentially. Mm. It wasn't officially Irish speaking, but uh, quite a lot of people in Dingle would be fluent in Irish. Um, and I, I asked the bartender for what I wanted in Irish and he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think people aren't as surprised anymore. They're, mm. They get over it very quickly when they do find out, I think. Yeah. And more, more than anything, they're very impressed by it. Yeah, that's the they're thing. They're very yeah. impressed by yeah. it. I mean, in mm. work now, um, there's, the obviously the Radio Naguel Tukta um, and they're absolutely always coming up to me and like let's have a conversation in Irish and I'm like okay no problem <laughs> oh, that's so nice yeah. yeah yeah I found like like often when people see a person of colour speaking Irish like they are at first quite surprised but like after that it's admiration mostly yeah, absolutely yeah like even it's quite funny because like even at the pop-up Gwell Tukta there's that usually ask me like do you have Irish? Mm -hmm. And he asked me that like at every pop up girl talks, and it's it's just really funny because like, you still haven't yeah, absolutely. Like, accepted, yeah. But um, what do you think of this whole idea of the new age of Irish speakers or the new age of the Irish language? Do you feel like the Irish language is becoming more evolved, becoming more accepting to other groups? I what absolutely do think? do think so. I mean, I find it very interesting because back when I was back when I was in secondary school, I would have been the only person of color. Well, apart from this other person, um, I would have been one of two people of color speaking Irish in an Irish speaking school. But now, when I go back to Clare or when I go to girl schools around the country, I, there's usually about two students in a class that are like not just black, mm. but maybe from a multicultural background. Yeah. And I always find that so heartwarming and I really admire those children because you know they're going through primary school secondary school speaking a language that you know might not be native to their home but it's nat native to their cultural context and where they're growing up yeah. and I think that's so beautiful because at the end of the day you have to remember that Irish is like any other language you know if you really mm. enjoy speaking it then it's not something that you think you give a second thought to mm. and I think a lot of people who do speak it they do find a little bit of similarities in it I mean when I tell people um 
that I speak Yoruba at home, but I speak Irish occasionally if I'm speaking to an Irish speaker and I also speak English. They're like, what language do you think it is? <laughs> I'm like, a bit of everything. Yeah. But no, I think this new age of Irish speakers, it's absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. to see that so many people are taking on a language that is their cultural context. It's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing I think as well about the Irish language, that there's no boxes or categories mm-hmm. that comes with it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's open to anyone. It's, yeah. And it's a language. And yeah, like I was talking with um, Alex Hymans. I don't know if yeah, he's an author. He's actually from originally from uh, Holland and he speaks fluent Irish. They founded this IMASC back in 2005 and it was basically to show people from an immigrant background, you know, Irish is for you as well. Because at that time there was a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment in Ireland and mm-hmm. they really wanted to campaign and show that, you know, don't see the Irish language as kind of like false to you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's for you as well. You're yeah. a part of us. So... Yeah, I just think that's very important and to continue that mindset that uh, Irish language is for everyone. And this brings me to identity. Do you find, as a person of Nigerian background growing up here in Ireland, do you find that you struggle with your identity sometimes? I think, um, well, yes and no. Yes, because I'm quite aware. I love being Nigerian. I love being black. I love growing up in Ireland. I love, like, I feel very much as Irish as I am Nigerian. And I find it funny when I say to people, you know, when people ask me where I'm from, when I'm on holidays, I say, oh, I'm from Ireland. And then they give me a second look and I'm like, (laughs) and then I'm I'm like, and then they ask the next question, where are you really from? And I said, well, I grew up in Ireland. My parents are from Nigeria. I still very much identify as Nigerian and I still very much Mm -hmm. identify as Irish because those are both what I know. This is my cultural context where that is my ultimate background, Nigeria. Um, I think identity, it's very interesting because I think it's very possible to have dual identity. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that. Like people think, you know, you have to say that you're just from one. But when you know two things very, mm-hmm. very distinctively and very, very, it's very close to home, then it, of course it's absolutely possible to feel like you're from dual identities. And that's how I view it. Um, I think very much people in, people in work always say, you know, you have such, a, you don't really have a clear accent, but you also don't really have a Nigerian accent. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what my accent is, to be yeah. honest. But um, I don't know. For me, I do feel very much that it's mm-hmm. a dual identity type of thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Identity isn't fixed, you know however you identify is however you identify mm-hmm. and you know I don't think people should question that yeah but for yourself what do you would you call yourself Afro-Irish or Black Absolutely. Irish that's or Nigerian would, Irish Afro-Irish I usually don't like like I would say I wouldn't say it in conversation but um I'm comfortable with that label. Hmm. I'm absolutely comfortable with that. Yeah. Afro-Irish, I think it's definitely an identity that's growing. I mean, yeah, my sister, my brother. One, yeah. Yeah, my sister and my brother, they're both born here. And essentially, Ireland is all they really, really know. Yeah. They visited home. They visited Nigeria, like, um, maybe for a month now mm. and then. But essentially, this is what they know. So I think mm. they would absolutely take on the name Afro-Irish. Um, mm. And I think it's you can, you can see it with a lot of the new generation because about mm. 20, 30 years ago is when a lot of, you know, people were people of color were giving birth here and um, their children have grown up here. Their children are going to colleges now and you're mm-hmm. seeing them in the workforce. You're seeing them in the media occasionally. Um, and I think that's definitely a- appropriate term for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are definitely becoming like more confident in having dual identity because yeah. like I know with myself, it was quite hard 
to like I didn't know am I Nigerian or am I Irish like do I yeah. do I have to pick a side or yeah. just both and mm -hmm. I I've definitely like become more confident yeah in being just both you know? yeah I am born I was born Nigerian yeah. but my experiences are Irish yeah yeah and I think it all honestly kind of also really helps you understand other people when you're able to embrace both because I know people who kind of like want to play it the fact that the Nigerian down they're like I don't want people to know mm -hmm. um, and I'm like why are you playing that down that's also a big asset it means mm -hmm. that you have a whole wider world that other people might not be able to have because you know they didn't grow up that way they didn't grow up with the cultural context or the history yeah. like I'm very much in touch with my Nigerian history I love learning new things about Nigeria I love learning new things about Ireland I think being able to embrace both honestly gives you such a wider world view yeah and it really it's so. a great thing to be able to educate yourself and also feel like oh my god i have this much knowledge about two very different countries yeah 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 and like how would you find your yoruba i know we were talking about this yeah. earlier so it's very funny because i speak close to fluent yoruba but i'm very like awkward about speaking it to anybody but my mom and my dad or mm. close family members and my mom's very funny she's always like why don't you speak yoruba on the show and i'm like are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, no. She's like, but you speak Irish on the show. Why don't you speak Yoruba on the show? I'm like, it's not that show. <laughs> um, no, but um, you know, I speak fluent Yoruba because again, the language thing, I'm very mm -hmm. much in touch with languages. Um, I find that I really enjoy Yoruba. I'm going to use, I'm going back to Nigeria this summer for a week or two. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely going to use it now and then here um, just to kind of see if people will pick up that I'm speaking Yoruba in a very Irish way or if I'm speaking Yoruba in a very Yoruba way. I'm going to kind of test to see if people know the difference. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I really enjoy being able to speak Yoruba as well. I feel like mm -hmm. I also find it very useful for when I'm getting my hair done or something like that and people yeah. start talking Yoruba because they think I won't understand. Because, <laughs> you know, I come in with, I come in with yeah. this accent and, you know, of mm -hmm. course the last thing they would expect is for me to be able to speak fluent Yoruba. And, you know, they'll say something like, you know, I don't know, oh, they'll say something. Maybe sometimes it's like an insult or it's like, sometimes it's like something like they're talking about me and I'll just sit there and like, you know, at the end of getting my hair done, I'll reply to them. I'll just say something in Yoruba and they'll, they'll be like, <laughs> so I really do enjoy yeah, that. Because it's too yeah. to have. Or like when yeah. I'm walking down the street and I hear someone else talking Yoruba, I'm like, and then immediately turn around. So it's nice being able yeah. to have that as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely love hearing Yoruba when I'm out in town and yeah. city. Like it's it's beautiful to hear. And do you think that's why? Do you think because of having Yoruba, that's why you kind of connected with the Irish language? Did that play a role? Um. I think they're very, they're two very different languages. I think that Yoruba can be a kind of an aggressive language um, because simply because the way it's spoken, it can be a little bit more like a harsher tone language, whereas Irish is a bit more, it's a bit more of a passive language. Mm. I don't know if that's right in saying it. It's a bit more of a passive language. So I think um, there's, they're polar opposites. So I don't think that they really have a overlap at all because you know the way if you speak French it's almost easier for you to speak another language mm. it's it's strange but I think like Yoruba is a very very completely different languages but I find that um some Yoruba words are kind of continental in Africa which I find very interesting yeah. um because you'd hear another thing in from another African country and you're like oh that's the same word in Yoruba so it's nice yeah. having that because you kind of kind of have a bit more of a continental understanding yeah. and also um in the future I hope to study the hi historical significance of Yoruba and what kind of role it played because mm. despite the fact that you know Nigeria has so many different tribes Yoruba is also one that people in general have yeah a lot of words from which is very mm. interesting so yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely find that Yoruba culture is very popular in the African yeah. continent yeah yeah absolutely I, yeah I find it very very rich and I, I definitely want to like look more into it and yeah. see yeah definitely 
Um, this brings me to the next theme, racism. Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel like the racism you experience now is different from the racism you experienced before? Let's say years ago, like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, so 10 years ago, I was very young. <laughs> but um, the racism I experience now, it's 80% online. A lot of people aren't happy with a black presenter. Um, now, these people would never say it to your face. They wouldn't say it. They would never come up to you and say these things. But I do get a lot of hate online. Generically, the first time I experienced hate as a journalist was um, when I wrote an article uh, commenting on the political context of Ireland. And then um, I just got my, that article and my picture put onto a racist site. And it was all it was like all things like, you know, what does she know? She doesn't even she wasn't even, you know, she's not even part of our ancestor heritage and all this stuff, you know, and all this ridiculous words that I'm not even going to use. And then um, when I experienced racism as a presenter on TV, it was very much like, you know, why are we giving this African girl who doesn't know about our country a platform to talk on? Next, she's going to brainwash our children to move to Africa. And I'm like, no, I'm just here as a journalist. I'm not here as a black journalist. I'm just here as a journalist. Um, So I think the racism I experienced now, before I didn't really experience racism like directly simply because number one, I was young. And number two, the racism I experienced there was usually from people, maybe people on the street, but not in like, they wouldn't shout, you know, a bad word at me. It'll just be passive aggressive Mm -hmm. racism. Um, Or it's usually an older people back 10 years ago would have done it but I don't think they did it intentionally yeah you do you find that yeah. the racism is older, mostly elderly people like, elderly yeah. people that do it don't do it intentionally mm. so I forgive them but it's when it's from younger people which I've not experienced as much that I think is a bit mm. I mean when I was in school in the Irish school um a couple of the this girl said one thing to me and I was like what she's she would she would start the day when she'd saw me she would say hi now brown cow and I'm like that's not funny. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm like, no, that's not funny. Um, and I also found that um, one thing was because a lot of those students there, they would have grown up with a farming background. They would have grown up with. So the way my girls call worked was everyone went from Montessori to primary to secondary, the mm-hmm. same group of friends. Yeah. So I was literally the only black person they had met in their life. So wow. what they, the racism they had was stuff they had learned from their parents who's, who've never had a black friend in their life. Yeah. Um, so that, the racism I experienced there was very um, passive aggressive mm. and things they learned from their parents, things they would have been told from their parents. But I think towards the end, actually, funnily enough, towards the end of that, of me being there, a lot of them apologized, being like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't actually know what I was saying was yeah. bad to be said. Um, so yeah, it's very different. The kind of I think people now would wouldn't dare to be racist to your face, um, simply because they'd be scared of what other people would say. But yeah. I think people are racist in their homes and they're racist online behind fake accounts. Yeah. So do you think it's the racism you experience now is a lot more subtler? Ve- like it's not in your it's not on it's in not your in face. my face. Yeah. It's easy to ignore it online. I mean, mm. I've told I've said to people I can't believe people would actually go through the effort to type a hundred characters just to insult me but um i think it's definitely done through fake accounts yeah it's sad it's yeah. sad yeah there's there's definitely a lot of crescents online definitely yeah. a lot of them yeah um but do you think ireland because we're at africa day today do you think ireland is a lot more accepting now of people <laughs> from immigrant backgrounds absolutely i think ireland is moving forward very fast because you have to remember it's still very young it's still a very young country. Ireland is moving very forward very fast. And I think even more now, it's so much 
more like like people are comfortable to see interracial families i've heard stories from people in their 40s 50s who said that the ireland they grew up with in as a black person or as an interracial person was completely different um like they would feel people stare at them on the street i don't feel people stare at me on the street which is good you know what i mean um i think ireland is moving forward very fast and especially like big cities like cork dublin limerick like it's so it's much more easier to be a person of color there i think rural ireland still has a little bit of a push to go but i think definitely the bigger cities and the bigger towns are moving forward very fast and it's great to see and it's yeah. funny cuz my little sister she's 16 and my little brother he's 10 they they they're part of a uh they're part of a Kaylee band which is so cool and it's really funny cuz there's about 10 black like they play the fiddle the banjo the tin whistle and then oh, they're amazing. all black and yeah. um then there's about That's 12 amazing. other Irish Irish students as well and um they all play in this Kaylee band together and it's great and i mean i grew up loving Kaylees it's really yeah. interesting to see yeah. the differences. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no, going back to um, racism being a lot more subtle nowadays, I do find that like I'll definitely get more looks now. Yeah. So like if I'm walking down with my boyfriend on the street, yeah, yeah. his wife, I get more looks. And yeah, like I just I don't I think it's still bad the looks like that that still puts me off mm-hmm. getting those looks because like it's just it makes you feel like you're trying to belittle me in some way but I definitely for myself feel like the racism is not more something like mm-hmm. I don't think people have racists have the courage to come in my face and say the n-word yeah oh no 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 not at all no um usually I say to people if you feel like I don't know maybe it's because I don't really pay attention to people I don't really feel I get looks but um, I find it very interesting. Um, usually if I'm going somewhere in a professional capacity and um, people sometimes will overlook me. Number mm-hmm. one, I'm short. Number two, I'm, I'm young. And then mm-hmm. when I say, you know, I'm Zaina Baladil from RT, they're like, oh, wow, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, and then they're like surprised. But then I think that kind of fizzles out, fizzles out as soon as they meet me as yeah. the person that I am rather than the color that I am. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great that that's happening. Um, and I think I've had a lot of, young black girls say to me, you know, oh, you're such an inspiration, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is amazing. Um, but I think definitely through my job, I think in a context, it is changing the way people view black people because some people mm-hmm. might have never even talked to a black person, which is crazy, <laughs> that's, that's which fair, is absolutely fair. crazy to yeah. me to think, but it's yeah. nice for that to happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and going back to uh, young girls, young black girls saying that they find you an inspiration, definitely for myself, you're an inspiration to see you know, the first Afro-Irish RT TV presenter, like, I was just like, finally, you know, finally. Yeah. And like, how do you even feel having that title, like the first Afro-Irish RT presenter? I don't think about it. <laughs> no, 100% I don't think about it simply because mm. it's strange to me. Um, well, I mean, I'm aware of it. I don't really think about it as that because I feel for myself, I see myself as first journalist because ever since I was young, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, I remember when I said, this is what I wanted to do to my family, they were like, mm, are you sure you could have been a doctor? You could be an engineer. You could be this, this, the <laughs> list, a set list. Um, and I'm like, you know, no, this is what I wanted to do. They're like, there's not much money in it. I was like, that's fine. I'll sort that out later. <laughs> um, passion so, first. <laughs> yeah, passion first. Um, I think even when I was in college, my mom was like, oh, she'll, get it. She'll, she'll do it and then she'll do something else after. Um, but I think 
for me, it was just always something I really, really, really wanted to do. And I'm quite a passionate person. And when I really want to do something, I can be very stubborn about it. Um, so even like working for working in terms of writing, because I want to do I'm really interested in features in terms of writing features. I was doing things I cared about, things I wanted to talk about. I would talk about, you know, my identity. I would talk about myself and how uh, I would talk about not just myself, but I'll talk about people, things I care about. And um, that was always it for me. It just so happens that I ended up also ended, ended up in TV. Yeah. I never really thought about TV yeah. in a deep context. I thought, you know, it'd be cool as everyone thinks about it. It's like, it'd be cool. <laughs> but um, when I went for the audition, I was like, ah, sure, let's just do it. Sure. We'll be fine, whatever. So I went into the audition and I was like, and then there was like no callback for a month. I was like, ah, it's fine, <laughs> you know. Um, and then when I got the call to two months later, I was like, are you serious? You're joking. So I went in anyway and um, wow. they're like, yeah, yeah, you got the job. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> um, and I don't think I really believed it until I started my job and I started working on mm -hmm. camera and I was seeing myself and I was like, oh, this is very weird. Yeah. Um, and then people started tweeting at me being like, oh, I just saw you on TV. Um, or like people would tweet at me. Oh, it's so great to finally see a black presenter. It's so great to have the representation. Yeah. I think for me, it was like, oh, that's really cool. But it wasn't, I don't know. For me, I still find it very difficult to accept yeah. that that is my reality. You don't think about so, it. Because, like, you know, yeah. I go to work and I come home and I binge Netflix. <laughs> like, you know, like that's yeah. the reality that I see. Yeah. But I understand for other people. <laughs> the reality that they see is different so i think for me it's still very much the thing i haven't truly truly accepted fully that yeah. that's oh that's actually me not someone else yeah <laughs> you know? yeah because i remember watching the 6-1 news before and yourself and another south african girl was on oh, it yeah, as well yeah, yeah. she was talking about racism yeah. and i just thought that picture on screen was so powerful yeah. like this is ireland 2018 we have come so far yeah in, in terms of diversity yeah and here at the Africa Day, obviously, it's very diverse today. And, you know, we have the language exchange, you know, we're trying to get people to exchange different languages, different words and share it amongst one another. Mm -hmm. So, like, what do you think about the Irish language being, being put an emphasis on it here at Africa Day today? I think, honestly, if with the Irish language, I think if you can even, like, learn a few generic words, it's awesome like because yeah. i think even irish i think irish people love even if you can say something like um leather hall they're like oh they speak they spoke a, <laughs> a few words because yeah. you know at the end of the day a lot of irish people don't keep up the language that's the mm -hmm. fact about it um so i think irish people are still very impressed when you know people of color have literally just a line they love it which i think is so funny yeah. um so i think just take it on yourself to just learn mm -hmm. maybe a few words here and there just a few generic words yeah yeah do you sometimes feel like when you tell someone you have Irish maybe online or in mm -hmm. person that they might feel a bit threatened because I remember when I I don't know I was saying something online on Twitter and someone just commented and said that you are destroying the Irish language mm -hmm. that you are like it's not for you blah yeah. blah blah so it's funny because I think a lot of people don't believe that I actually speak Irish. And I say to people, you know, I speak Irish, but it's not like absolutely amazing Irish. Like, um, and a lot of people will tweet at me in Irish and I'll reply a little bit and they'll be like, and some people, some people, someone like a troll will comment underneath that she totally copied that from Google Translate. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so on my Twitter bio, it says, it says Gwil Gore and then in brackets, ish. So um, if I make a mistake, that's why. Um, no, I think, um, so I think people still very much are looking to call you out mm. for being a fake. Oh, you don't really speak Irish. You're lying about it. Um, on my CV, 
it's on my CV that I speak Irish. Mm. And um, a lot of employers are like, oh, that's so cool. And yeah. I feel like they're still, they're, they're like, is that actually true though? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think people, people still very much, until they see you speak it, they don't truly want to believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel yeah. you, yeah. And like, what are you looking forward to most here at Africa Day now that you're here? I am very this much This is your first for, one, isn't this it? This is my first one, crazily yeah. enough. I'm very much looking forward to the food stands. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to. But the acts have been amazing. Mm. And just everyone and the atmosphere is really cool. It's nice to be here for the first time. Amazing, yeah. And just because it's mother folklore, can you please share your favorite Irish words with us? In arira. Because I say things, I say things like, I have like little catchphrases, but um, in arira is one that I absolutely love. I don't know why. Um, and mm. I have this one, um, Togabage. I love I that as well. I love that as well. That's actually one of the only things my mom knows how to say. So that's another reason why I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my parents could only say like do you glitch and things yeah. like that. But like, it's something like it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And um, well, unfortunately, that's all we have for this episode of Mother Folklore. It's been great doing a live first live Mother Folklore podcast here at Farmley Estate, Phoenix Park, Africa Day 2018. Salem, thank you so much thank for being an much. amazing guest. It was lovely to have you here. So that's a slot for me, Ola Majeka Dumi. And Zainab Oladale. Karmila Bagi. Karmila. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.